1: You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten
0: your day with a book.
3: Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews. How are you all? I am well. This is a special, so we should celebrate. I should have popping of corks and sounding of cymbals, but I don't. I just have me waffling on. And the first thing I need to talk to you about before we go on to books is chocolate cake. Now, I don't know about you, but there are very different qualities of chocolate cake. And uh, I was very fortunate that I had some chocolate cake yesterday and I thought, that's very good. no. It was fudge cake. There is a difference between a chocolate cake and a fudge cake. A fudge is something you have in a bowl with cream. A chocolate cake is something that you do not need cream with. And there is very thick buttercream and it's lighter. And, you know, people need to be very clear about what they're giving you. And uh, yeah, so I was very, I was very unhappy with the calories I had wasted on that because I had in mind I wanted a proper chocolate cake. Anyway, you can tell what sort of mood I'm in. I need my chocolate cake. But there we go. So this podcast first started in September last year. I'd been doing book reviews on Instagram for a couple of years before, started, well, the very end of 2017. Um, And we're up to episode 70, folks, of this podcast. Who'd have thought? So what I wanted to do was um, do something a little bit different and a few people on the lovely Facebook group do join us. If you want to go to Facebook, put in "QuickBook Reviews podcast, you'll find us there. You'd be very welcome. Uh, but the question that was raised on the uh, Facebook group was, um, what about books that were published a while ago? Because people understandably are finding it hard to get all the books that the new books that are being published and um, whether they're buying them or borrowing them from the library, they're just hard to get hold of. So I thought, right, let's go back to the first reviews that I started doing on Instagram and let's find the ones that I, the books I like the most and I'm going to talk to you about them. We have quite a variety. I've got 10 books that I've got here. My favorite top 10. Um and I just want to talk to you about them. Some of them I'm sure you've read. Some of them you might not have. Some of them are part of a series, so even if you've read one there might be more. Um and we have a really wonderful author interview as well coming up at the end. So hold on, strap in. We're going to ha- we're going to have quite journey today. Um, And I'm just going to get started. So the first book in the pile of many books to talk to you about is a book called He Said, She Said by Erin Kelly. I was sitting in the Hay Festival, I don't know, it must have been three years ago now, I suppose, um, listening to a panel talking about what books they were reading. And Juno Dawson said that she was reading, he said, she said, And it was absolutely brilliant. So I made a note and I came away and I got the book and I read it. And I thought, oh, yes, that is rather an extraordinary book. So let's read the blurb. In the hushed aftermath of a total eclipse, Laura witnesses a brutal attack. She and her boyfriend, Kit, call the police. And in that moment, four lives change forever. 15 years on, Laura and Kit live in fear. And while Laura knows she was right to speak out, she also knows that you can never see the whole picture. Something is always hidden, something she never could have guessed. Um, For me, this was a twisty, turny book. And, you know, it must be something to be a book that I can remember very clearly having been in 2017, you know, um, read quite a few books, as I'm sure you do as well. And the ones that are okay, sort of fade away. It's only the good ones that stay with you. And this is certainly one of those. And I ended up actually with two copies, which I was very happy to have because I enjoyed it so much. Um, and, you know, I think I it's one I would read again. I really would. I love the fact that there's this eclipse that that follows um, in the story, that sort of in the background. Um, And at a time of of an eclipse, life can seem quite strange. Um, And when you're looking up at the sky, it seems quite surreal. And and this book has an essence of that as well. It's a really good suspense, twisty, turny story. And if if you haven't read it, I think it's worth trying to see what you think. So that's He Said, She Said. By Erin Kelly. So that's book number one. Book number two. Now, this is one that I got a lot of flack for giving a good review, but I'm going to stick to it. It's by Jodie Picoult, and it's called Small Great Things. Um, and I did. I did enjoy this. It's a it's a harrowing book. Um, and some people said they really struggled with it, but I thought it was an incredible story um a story that really needs to be told and again something that really stays with me plus a lovely design on the cover I have to say anyway so the blurb is this when a newborn baby dies after a routine hospital procedure there is no doubt about who will be held responsible the nurse who had been banned from looking after him by his father. What the nurse, her lawyer and the father of the child cannot know is how this death will irrevocably change all of their lives in ways both expected and not. Small Great Things is about prejudice and power. It's about that which divides and unites us. It is about opening your eyes. I totally agree. Um, I thought it was a phenomenal book. Um, and while there's mixed reviews, I really enjoyed it. It's nearly 500 pages. You have to commit yourself to it. But it is something that when you're in, when you're reading this book, you almost don't want to leave it. You just want to stay in this story. Um, the author has such a way of writing. I, I, I enjoy all of her books, um, such an accomplished author. And this was one I really enjoyed, too. Yes, um, it's got some emotive stories. But I think that this is one well worth sitting down and immersing yourself in. Um, so Jodie Pickle, small, great things. Wonderful. Oh, we're getting through them. That's two that we've done so far. Now, this next one is a bit of sci-fi. Anybody into sci-fi? Um, well, now, nah, I should say, because I know that the author says it's not sci-fi. It's a crime book set in space. It's called Places in the Darkness. It's by Chris Brookmeyer. Um, And I thought it was a wonderful book. And uh, let let me read you the blurb. There is a city in the sky, a space station where hundreds of scientists and engineers work in Earth's orbit, building the colony ship that will one day take humanity to the stars. When a mutilated body is found, the eyes of the world are watching. Top of the class investigator Alice Blake is sent from Earth to team up with Freeman, a jaded cop with more reason than most to distrust such planet side interference. As the death toll climbs and factions aboard the station become more and more fractious, Freeman and Blake will discover clues to a conspiracy that threatens not only their own lives, but the future of humanity itself. Oh, it's just a great book. I love science fiction books where it's believable, if that makes sense, and visual, where I can really picture it in my mind. So I don't get on with all science fiction, but when I do, I love them. I've, I've read uh, some of Chris Brookmyer's crime books as well, and they are exceptional. So when he combines these two genres of, of mine that I enjoy, crime and science fiction, I just, just great. Um, and it's just it's only science fiction in terms of where it's located. I, I think it's completely believable, as I say, it's one that you can visualize. It's a book that, OK, it might not be written today, but it could be written in the near future. Um, and it's got the twists and turns that you want. It's got the characters that you want. It's got the place and the pot, plot. Um, I thought it was just a really good read, one I enjoyed, different as well, and sometimes that's nice to have. But yeah, a really, really good one. So that is Places in the Darkness by Chris Brookmeyer. Three books down. Gosh, we're getting through them. Now, the next book is by the author Fiona Barton, and the book is called The Child. But actually, there's quite a few in her series that I would really recommend. Um, I seem to think the first one I read of hers was called The Widow. Yes. Um, and uh, she has now written a few. You don't have to read them in order at all. So that's why I wanted to talk to you about The Child. I thought it was a really good book. Really good book. Let, let's let read the blurb. So when a paragraph in an evening newspaper reveals a decades old tragedy, most readers barely give it a glance. But for three strangers, it's impossible to ignore. For one woman, it's a reminder of the worst thing that ever happened to her. For another, it reveals the dangerous possibility that her darkest secret is about to be discovered. And for the third, a journalist, it's the first clue In a hunt to uncover the truth, the child's story will be told. Um, I thought this was really good. It was a Richard and Judy um, book club recommendation. And I found it the book really drew me in. Um, I thought I'd worked out the ending. I really did, but I hadn't. Um, and the story just picked up as uh, uh, well, I should say the pace picked up as the story progressed. It ended well, if if you can say that, you know, it was I was rewarded for being a loyal and diligent reader. Um, and I thought it was great. And certainly her other books I've picked up as well and read. Um, so this was one of of a sort of series, but it's not necessary. Um You definitely can read it standalone, but uh, it's sort of a a thriller, suspense, crime, merging all of them together. Uh, Great. Quite easy to read, um, but very compelling. So that's The Child by Fiona Barton. So that's book four. So we've got one more till we're halfway through. Now this, I'm going to be honest with you. This is a different one. This was a Richard and Judy as well. Um, we did it. I think it was the first book uh, I did for one of my book clubs. It's called *The Betrayals* by Fiona Neal. Um, a lot of people enjoyed it, but didn't rave about it. I raved about it because I liked the story. It was different, and it it taught me something. I'd always thought that OCD was would only apply if you were the sort of person that had to clean everything, cupboards, whatever. If you were clean and tidy, that was OCD. I didn't realize that there were other types of OCD. And this book really helped me and myself. Um, it it meant a lot. It really started me on a journey of discovering more about myself. There we go. Um, So it was great. Let's read you the blurb anyway. So none of them would forget that week on the wild Norfolk coast. Best friends, Rosie and Lisa's families had always been inseparable. But that summer, Lisa had an affair with Rosie's husband, Nick. And now, after years of silence, she sends Rosie a letter begging for help. A letter that exposes dark secrets. Daughter Daisy's fragile hold on reality begins to unravel. Teenage son Max blames himself for everything that happened that long hot summer and Nick must confront his own version of events. events. There are four sides to this story. Who will you believe? As I say, I really enjoyed it. It helped me a lot in terms of understanding what OCD can be. Um, so I am forever thankful to the author for that. And it's, uh, it's different from some of the suspense thriller crime books. So it, it is different. That's not what this book is. It's, um, yes, something happens, but it's observational as well about the relationships between um, the friends and family and uh, how something can happen that causes an unravelling. So quite different. Oh my goodness, we're halfway through already. Can you believe it? Now, the next book is a crime book, but but different again. Um, it's by Robert Thorogood and it's called Death Knocks Twice. Now, I haven't actually got a copy of this one with me. I've got a copy of it, the next one in the series, Murdering in the Caribbean. Um, but Death Knocks Twice is the one I reviewed at the time and really enjoyed. So you may have already watched um, a TV series. Uh, I don't know if you have called Death in Paradise. Um, they're nice uh, programs. A lot of people really like them. Um, there's a good cast of characters. And then in each episode, somebody turns up dead. It's usually a tourist uh, or or a, an actor just flown in um, for that episode. And you're presented with four or five possible people that could have been the culprit and you trying to work out who it was before the final Uh, announcement as to who it was and why. Um, So this particular book, Death Knocks Twice, um, is, uh, well, let's read you the blurb, two dead bodies, a family of suspects and one very disgruntled detective. Reluctantly stationed on the sweltering Caribbean island of St. Marie, Detective Inspector Richard Poole dreams of cold winds, drizzly rain and a pint in his local pub. Just as he is feeling as fed up as can be, a mysterious vagrant is found dead in the grounds of the historic Beaumont plantation. Immediately assumed to be suicide, D.I. Poole is not so convinced and determined to prove otherwise. Never mind that the only fingerprints on the murder weapon belong to the victim or that the room was was locked from the inside. Before long, death knocks twice and a second body turns up. The hunt is on to solve the case, despite the best efforts of the enigmatic Beaumont family. Now, this is written by the guy, Robert Thorogood, who writes the TV scripts as well. So you do have the same characters, the same location, the same sort of spirit and and pace and plot types uh, that you would with the TV. So if you have seen them already and enjoy them for what they are, yes, they're never going to be the most in-depth, complicated structures, but they're, they're sort of Feel feel good murders. <laughs> I never thought I'd say that, but there is such a thing as a feel good murder. Um, there's a lot of younger people that watch the TV series and enjoy it. And I think these books are, are great as well. They're, they're not going to offend anybody. Um, they're a nice break from some of the other uh, more meaty crime books. And I look forward to the next one. I've certainly got each one in the series. So um, well worthwhile looking at. So that's Death Knocks Twice by Robert Thorogood. Just really enjoyed it. Um, A nice break from some of the more mainstream crime books. And you get the lovely tropical location as well, which I'm certainly not being able to access at this point in time. So never mind. Right. So the next one, this is the exact opposite of uh, Robert Thurgood. This book that I'm going to tell you about is gruesome and gritty and meaty and detailed and you have to commit yourself to it. But oh my goodness, it's amazing. So it's called I Am Pilgrim by Terry Hayes. Uh, The blurb is this. A young woman murdered in a run-down Manhattan hotel, a father publicly beheaded in the blistering sun of Saudi Arabia, a man's eyes stolen from his living body as he leaves a secret Syrian research laboratory, smouldering human remains on a mountainside in the Hindu Kush, a plot to commit an appalling crime against humanity, one thread that binds them all, one man to take the journey, pilgrim. Now this book is eight hundred. Gosh, I never knew it was that long when I read it. It's nearly nine hundred pages long. I don't remember that. I just remember it being an amazing book. It it's not for one that it's not for people that don't like reading gruesome things. Um, but gosh, it's it's great. It's a classic as far as I'm concerned. It's so easily could be a a film. Um, I believe the author, Terry Hayes, has written um, films as well, movies, and he has that ability to just deliver something very visual, very compelling. Um, Lots of twists and turns and ups and downs. You keep reading it. Um, As I say, I don't remember it being 900 pages at all. And if I had laboured over having to read it, 900 pages, let me tell you, is quite a quite a commitment when you're reading as many books as as I do. But this was just a joy. Uh, It's a great thriller. Um, And it's one that I would certainly recommend if you can if you can cope with the gruesomeness, then then read it. It's sensational really really good so there we go that's iron pilgrim how many books have we done now one two three four five six seven we've only got three books left now this next book has some gruesome elements to it but it is totally different and it actually it's a ya book young adult book so this one is called moonrise by oh sorry just banged all the books there don't want them falling down that would not be good um This book is called Moonrise by Sarah Crossan. You will have heard me talking about one by Sarah Crossan before. um, And she's got a new book coming out any day now, which I'm very excited about, which is actually an adult verse book. Um, She writes these amazing verse novels, which tell incredible stories, but they just remove bits, words, sentences that you just don't need. It's very sort of direct. And it's just it's a joy to read. It's something that I get pleasure from rereading as well, which is quite rare for me. Um, uh, And I really commend them. If you haven't read Sarah Crossan books, then I certainly would suggest you do. Uh, I'd start with one and then go on to Moonrise because it's really good. In fact, I've got another one of her books, The Weight of Water, that I'm reading in the next sort of week or two. So hopefully I'll be able to tell you about that as well. But Moonrise is, um, well, I'll read you the blurb rather than me try and tell you what it is. Um, Joe hasn't seen his brother for 10 years, and it's for the most brutal of reasons. Ed is on death row. But now Ed's execution date has been set, and this might be the last summer they have together. So this is written for the young, young adult market, but you know, that doesn't stop adults from reading it at all. In fact, I think I think they should. As I say, it's written in verse, but it tells the story about Joe and his brother, the relationship between them and and Joe as an individual, as a as a boy trying to grow up um, and deal with this very difficult subject. It's about belonging. It's about family. And it's about family versus friends. Uh, I just think it's incredible. Who would think that a book about death row would be so moving and meaningful? Well, I wouldn't have, but it, this book is Is it. And as I say, it's something quite different to some of the other books that I've suggested here. Uh, you'd read it much more quickly, I would suggest, but it's one that you find, or you might find that you keep returning to. Just, you know, even one page has so... Uh, Many rich phrases on. there, So, yes, I'm not going to read any from it because I think that's unfair to the author. But pick it up and have a read and see what you think. So we've got two left. And who is the author that's going to be interviewed today? I hear you say. Well, you're going to find out very soon. So the ninth book, and these are not in any order at all. Um, In terms of which is the best, because I just love them all for different reasons. Um, But this one is called The Truth About the Harry Cubert Affair by Joel Dicker. And uh, this, again, is quite a big book. 600 pages. August 30, 1975. The day of the disappearance. The day Somerset, New Hampshire lost its innocence. That summer, struggling author Harry Cubert fell in love with 15-year-old Nola Kelligan. 33 years later, her body is dug up from his yard, along with a manuscript copy of the novel that secured his lasting fame. Cubert is the only suspect. But with Nola in death, as in life, nothing is ever as it seems. Um, I was interested to read this because it was translated from French and I hadn't read a, a book that had been translated from French before. So I thought, well, that's going to be interesting. but. While I was reading it and, and once I finished, I had to remind myself that that was why or that was one of the reasons why I'd chosen the book, because it, it, you just didn't even think it. And I don't know why I expected that. Did I expect some, a character to pop up occasionally and say bonjour or, or who knows? Who knows? Um, but it didn't do that. It, 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 the translation was done brilliantly and the story is compelling. It's got twists and turns. It's a mystery. You don't know who you should trust. Um, it's compelling. It's very interesting in terms of the uh, an author's angst and how they feel about their craft. Um, and uh, yeah, I just thought it was really good. There is actually a follow on book, The Baltimore Boys, which I have, but I haven't read it yet. I haven't read it yet because I feel I need to go back and reread The Truth About the Harry Cuber Affair before I go on. It has been made into a TV series as well. Which I haven't watched, but I believe that's good. But um, I just really enjoyed this book very much. So that's the truth about the Harry Cubert affair by Joel Dicker. So which is the last book I hear you say? Well, it's it's an absolutely brilliant one. It's the it was the first in a detective series, um, and it's called Close to Home by Cara Hunter. Let me tell you about this book. So last night, eight-year-old Daisy Mason. Disappeared from a family party, no one in the quiet suburban streets saw anything, or at least that's what they're saying. DI Adam Forley is trying to keep an open mind, but he knows that nine times out of ten, it's someone the victim knew. That means someone is lying and that Daisy's time is running out. So as I say, it was the first book I'd read in the series. It was the first time I came across the author, Cara Hunter. And I loved this book. Um, It had all the elements that you would like from a good detective series very good characters, very believable, very real. It had snippets of social media uh, interspersed on the pages, which again made it very current. Um, And it had a twist and a punch that, wow, I just loved. Um, And it's one of those books that you lend to someone and uh, I haven't had anybody not rave about it. And there's more. There's, um, we've got another three books in the series so far. There's another one due out next year. It's just glorious. Um, A really, really good detective series. And I'm so glad that I got to read close to home the first one and start my journey with the characters and with the author as well. And speaking of the author, here is my interview with her. Now, before I start, can I just say, I think Cara was sitting in a castle, an empty castle when I talked to her because it was so echoey. (laughs) Um, But it doesn't matter because she's brilliant. And so if you can just forgive the echoing sound on the audio, I'd be ever so grateful because she's got so many important things to say and her books are really good. So here we go. So, Cara, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. (laughs) Um, As you know, Close to Home is one of my favourites, and uh, that's why I wanted it to be very much part of this special and and to speak to you as well. So thank you so much for sparing the time. Um, Just talking about Close to Home, first of all, the first book in the series... Did you know that you got something good from, from the
1: very beginning? Did you have that feeling? That was that's a really nice way of putting it from your point of view. That's a lovely question. I mean, um, I think I knew that the twist was was a good thing. I thought I was onto a winner there. Um, yeah. And you, you might have heard me before say um, the, the thing about twists. If you can get your twist down to about four words, you really know that you've got an absolute. You know, yes, gonna go off like you know, like a Five words this um, And I heard Sophie Hannah say that once at a festival, and she's absolutely right. Because if you think about, um, say, Murder on the Orient Express, the yeah. twist, they all did it. Yeah. So it's got four words. So, of course, the twist in Close to Home you can actually do is four words. I won't do them. No, basically. don't. <laughs> No spoilers. No, no. But if you've read the book, uh, then you'll know exactly what I mean. You can actually get that pretty much down to four words. So um, on that, in that way, it's, uh, the twist is a really big idea. Yeah, if, it's, if it's that big an idea, you can get it down to, to a very short sentence. Um, so, yeah, I knew that that was a good twist, but uh, it, it's not just about the twist. I mean, it, it's a lot about the twist, but good crime, you have to lead up to it as well. Mm. And you've got to lead up to it in a way that people don't see it coming, but immediately they get it. They go, Oh, yes. ah, of course." Yes. So of course. What I, what I want the the reader's reaction to be at the end of all my books is, "Oh my god, <laughs> of course." Yes. So if, if you get that immediate sense that you, they haven't been tricked, um, they realise straight away that it has all been there. The pieces are all all out there to be seen and assembled. Um, so that you haven't pulled a fast one and pulled a new character in you they've never seen before but you have given them something that's kept them guessing all that way so yeah i mean i I had to do that job not just the twist but the job of leading everyone through the story and being really convinced by it and thinking there are all sorts of other people who could have done it yes
3: i will never forget the the twist the ending to close <laughs> to home you know it's something that you, you just just remember because as you say it's such a twist but but it was believable mm. you didn't suddenly produce you know a long lost cousin
1: um exactly yeah i hate books like that they yeah. drive me up the wall um so i would never do that to my own readers because it's 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 breaking the contract with the reader yeah the reader has to feel that they've got a fighting chance of working it out before we get to the last page. And you have to keep that promise that, that they, they could.
3: Yes. And how do the stories come to you? Do they, are they sort of perfectly formed when they pop into <laughs> your mind? Or do they emerge in bits and pieces?
1: Uh, much more the latter. I mean, I'm a bit of a magpie. I think quite a few <laughs> writers are. So I'm constantly shoveling pretty shiny things into my brain. <laughs> well actually perhaps pretty shiny isn't the word when it comes to crime but You know what I mean? Um, I pick bits and pieces up from everywhere so it might be something in the paper or something on true crime because I watch a lot of that and love it it's my guilty pleasure um, but it also it's, it's great for research because you're always coming across you know different things different angles different relationships and um, sometimes it's just that I see a face on the street and I just think oh how interesting you know what's their story and and, and you just keep, if you put enough stuff into your brain, <laughs> after a while, these little bits and pieces start to stick together. Um, and one bit will stick to another bit from somewhere else completely. Uh, and eventually you'll see a sort of the heart of a story starting to evolve. Yeah. So um, they don't tend to, I mean, unlike close to home, close to home did come as one big idea. The others have tended to evolve over over quite a long period and I've learned to not fret too much and to just let that happen and that you can't force the pace your your brain will do it in its own time and um, you just have to give yourself a bit of downtime actually and don't think about it leave your brain yes. left, you know and see what comes out at the end and that's usually what happens often on a long haul flight not that I'm doing any of those
3: <laughs> no no well hopefully not
1: no um, <laughs> not sadly uh, but yeah that's happened a lot i suppose you've got, say, you know, you've got no social media you've got no phone to fiddle about with um you know you can just yeah. really sort of chill out and sometimes things just pop into your brains so in- yeah it's, it's funny
3: how you have to turn your mind off for the ideas to come mm-hmm. you you mentioned mentioned social media and i think that's a very interesting part of your books not just close to home but the whole series how you include these snippets of social media that i certainly really enjoy reading was that a deliberate attempt of yours well it evolved, again evolved
1: out of close to home because with that particular book um, obviously i realized the nature of the story Uh, It was going to have a social media angle, whether whether I liked it or not, whether the police like it or not. If a child goes missing, that's what happens these days. And and it's pretty appalling. I mean, you you only have to go and have a look at some of the things that are said online about parents when children go missing. And it's exactly as it is in the book. The people who are making the comments, by and large, know nothing at all about the situation. They don't know the people, but they feel completely entitled to... Uh, sprout an opinion which may or may not be um, anything to do with the facts sometimes people are quite observant and I think you'll find that in close to home some people actually are quite observant yeah. but other people are just have got access to grind I'll um, just want to shout into a, an empty room basically too. Um, but knowing that um, I thought okay well I'm going to make a virtue of a necessity here I'm going to bring those voices inside the book and mm. I'm going to let people see how this plays out and how social media isn't uh, like a, a sealed box. It leaks into real life, which mm. we see happening with tragic consequences in close to home that, that real life and, and virtual life start to leak into one another. Yeah. So that was deliberate part of the book in terms of the exploring the issues that I wanted to explore And having done it once and started bringing in news feeds, and and I just really just loved that way of doing it Mm. and just giving different bits of documents to people as they're reading, um, to let them to be detectives themselves. Yes. That's the idea that people can start pulling evidence in themselves, whether they've got a crime scene a fire scene report as in the third book or in the, in the fifth one here's a little sneak preview for you yeah. in the fifth one I've got one of those body maps you know like you see when you're watching true crime where they're actually mapping
2: um, yeah.
1: onto the you know, where, where were the injuries that sort of thing so I've actually got one of those in in book oh, super so, so yeah that, I'm a complete nerd when I do these things I love doing that sort of thing so I do all my own stuff by the <laughs> way If anyone thinks I've got some artist over here doing <laughs> all but I'm a complete nerd so I really enjoy it
3: <laughs> no that's brilliant and you mentioned the the next book so just to yes that's called The Whole Truth it is um and that's out we've got to wait until next year
1: I believe I think now yes yeah, so in the original plan before all of you know the yeah. virus happened was that I think the ebook was going to come out before Christmas and then the the paperback was going to be in January, but I think everything's shunted back a couple of months now. And uh, just publishing's like that; everything's yeah. all the schedules have just you know gone back, and you can see you can see why it's you know it's not been a great time yeah. to try and publish books in the middle of this. It's, With no bookshops, no festivals, no—it's—it's—it's tough. So I can absolutely see why everything's shunting back a bit. Yeah, it'll be be around. It'll be on Netgalley before that. So if anyone wants to get early, early look, then Netgalley is your. Definitely.
3: Yeah. And they've just started doing audio books as well, which is great. Oh, i learned something today. (laughs) There you go. But uh, so that's the fifth book in the series and all featuring this wonderful character, D.I. Adam Forley.
1: I mean, does he speak to you when you're not writing now? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he sits on my shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I can hear his voice in my head. Um, I mean, his sections are always the easiest to write because uh, it, it does, I suppose I've done him so much now that, that I, I feel very close to him and he has some of me in him. I mean, some his sort of rather dry sense of humour is definitely me, you know, so I would I would <laughs> say some of the things that he says. Um, but it's not all me by any remote way. I mean, I, there's aspects of him that are nothing like me, but, but I suppose you always put a little bit of yourself into your central character.
2: Yes. Um,
1: so, so, yes, it, he's he's quite a... I, I just like the idea that, that he's not a sort of hard drinking, you know, divorced yeah. and all the things that, that these maverick cops always seem to be. Yeah. And some of them are fantastic, don't get me wrong, uh, but there are so many like that. I just didn't want to do another one because mm-hmm. I can't compete with some of the other ones that are out there. So do something different. Um, so yes, just wanted him to be a man who's in love with his wife, you know, simple as that really
3: yes and just trying to deal with his job and responsibilities yeah, and his past, you know, his past yes.
1: with, his, with his son and, and yes. things. so yeah it's a it, it's one of those things it has really been that old cliche of peeling the onion you know the more i've worked with that character the more i've discovered about him because i didn't know half this stuff when i started <laughs> because when i wrote close to home i had no idea it'd be a published at all never mind that i'd be ending up writing five or six of them so I didn't have this great big sort of backstory all worked out and ready to go I just you know went with that character and listened to him uh, as I was writing so now I know more about him. (laughs) (laughs)
3: And dare I ask is that do you have in mind how long the series will be or is it a case of as long as he keeps talking to you you'll, you'll keep writing Adam?
1: Well, as long as people still want to read them. Um, I've got a contract for number six, so there will definitely be a number six, because uh, that's, that's actually been bought by Penguin, so that's great. Um, and I, I think the long, as long as people want to read them, as long as publish, uh, Penguin wants to publish them, then I'll keep writing. It's a lovely way to earn a living, and I, I adore doing it. Um I would like to do a standalone as well, um as well as a Foley oh, you know, keeping Foley going, but I don't have an idea for that yet, so it's just still sort of a bubbling idea in the in the corner because until I get a great idea, I'm not going to force that. I'll just carry mm-hmm. on poorly books and um, but if if I get to a point where I've suddenly got a desperate urge to write a standalone then then uh, I'd, I'd like to do that that would be a good thing to do just to, just to, by way of a change yes know? how long does it take to write a book then how... um, I'm quite quick um, I started writing the whole truth in about September and the first draft was done by January Oh, um, and then it's been through some some versions since then and then of course you always think you've finished but actually you haven't because then you go into copy editing and that takes a while and then you go into production and that takes a while so um, it's always much lo- longer by about three months or so than you think it's going to be because you think you've finished your bit but in fact you haven't you know you've still got to you still got to keep you know being part of the of the you know the mechanics of it.
3: Yeah I, I just love finding somebody who hasn't read the series yet because everybody <laughs> enjoys them so oh, it's just wonderful so to find someone um and um, may I mention the word television I believe you can yes yes can, some news. It's, it's, all,
1: it's all happening yes it's all happening um, I mean it's amazing I'm just I'm just like a little kid you know, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so excited and I've just been let loose in the sweet shop I mean it's just <laughs> oh. um it's 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 just really wonderful. I've always wanted to to see that happen. Obviously, I mean, I think every writer probably does, but to have such a fabulous team working on it, and we've had such great conversations. About the characters, and they they really love not just the stories, but the team as well. And, yeah. and how the team are evolving over time, and and they say such lovely things, like it's, it's like going back to meet old friends. And you know, I, I really feel they're really empathetic towards what I'm trying to do. Um, so you know, I I feel very confident that if we get to the next stage, which is to get a network on board, because that's that's the way it works. You get a production, yeah. company and then they have to sell the idea to a network. So if we get to that point, which is when obviously it will actually definitely happen, um, I feel very confident that what we'll get is a really good product. and, and um, I'm, I'll be part of it in a you know a slightly distance way, but that'll be fun too. So awesome. never done that before.
3: <laughs> How exciting! So <laughs> <from>, amazingly exciting. <laughs> from one book close to home
1: now. This I know it's been a roller coaster, and and you think about it, I think uh, close to home only came out in December twenty seventeen. It's really not that long ago. So, you know, it's it's all happened in a very short time. Very well served, I have to
3: say. Cara, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. My absolute
1: pleasure. It's lovely.
3: Thank you so much. Well that was wonderful wasn't it. So there we go. Um I think I've talked enough <laughs> about these books but uh, yeah it's just nice to do something different to reflect back on 10 books that I really enjoyed when I started reviewing and hopefully given you some ideas. Um I'd love to know what your favorite books are as well from a couple of years ago. But just to run through them again. So we had He Said She Said by Erin Kelly. Then we had Small Great Things by Jodie Pickle. We had Places in the Darkness by Chris Brookmeyer. Uh, The Child by Fiona Barton. um, And The Betrayal by Fiona Neal. This wasn't a competition for Fiona's, by the way, (laughs) despite how it might sound. Um, We had Robert Thorogood's Death Knocks Twice. Um, I Am Pilgrim by Terry Hayes. Moonrise by Sarah Crossan. The Truth About the Harry-Coubert Affair by Joel Dicker. And, of course, Close to Home by Cara Hunter. So I hope that's given you some ideas. Um, And if you've already read all of those, then I have an absolute corker of an episode next time. And uh, I can't wait to talk to you about the books, the author, the everything. So uh, you look after yourselves and I'll see you again soon. Take care now. Bye bye.
1: You've been listening to the Quick Book Reviews podcast.
0: That's enough books, said no one, ever. See you again soon.